welcome to the battleground of the gods. I forgot I'm hosting. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like <laughs> go for it, bud. Yep, you gonna go? <laughs> welcome, challengers, to Battleground of the Gods. I am your host again this week, Fro Double G. And joining me, we have the Lady Sensation Dep Nation. How's it going, bots? And the monster of the mid lane, Nevea 3 Hey, everybody. How's it going? Well, breaking more records. Bryce, Willow, not here. They're lame. They're just lame. No other reason. Uh, but moving on. Depp, how was your week, bud? Oh, you know, had a uh, had a really good week playing Motor of the Day. And it'd be great if I could look at my match history, but I can't because it's Motor of the Day and they don't show up. Um, unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> but I believe, looking at my other games here, uh, Arena, I'm about a one-to-one ratio. Uh, win for every loss. Uh, Conquest, uh, won my conquest game i played this week obligatory conquest game and uh let's see here i lost every single assault game i played official i am not someone who's good at assault bro it's easy it's easy no it's it's not you get shit gods you get shit teammates when you get good gods it's just not no bueno here's the number one tip don't re-roll your healer Oh, Easy. we didn't. They just got better ones. Oh, unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, what is it? Like, we had a Chiron to their, or, or no, did we? One of the times they had uh, Aphrodite, the other time they had Hell. So, it was just, uh, it was a it was a moot point. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to lose this one. And then guess what? We lost. You know, it's... <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, she's just super strong, and I couldn't carry my team hard enough. I forget who I even was in those games. I think I ended up with melee characters, so double feels bad. You know, there no. is a, a another game that you're not bringing up here, and it was the one there. that you the played that uh, made you, uh, what, 45 minutes late to D&D? Well, no. So I, I was also, like, I just had problems that day. Yes, yes, no, Thursday. What day is today? Saturday. I just have problems, okay? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what day yesterday was. I forgot about D&D. Everything was happening. Everything was happening, and it was bad. So, my week was, I'm going to count chalk it up as recovering from a bachelor party, is mm-hmm. what my week mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. How was your week, Nevaeh? Well, I will say you did play one hell of a Ymir that game. We uh played a, a conquest with uh, Depp here and Bryce and Rick, and we had a random in the solo lane, and we won that game after 24 minutes. I think we forced a surrender, if I recall correctly. They also had a disconnect. Yes, that was unlucky. For them, not for us. Right. <laughs> uh, after that, we did uh, continue to play because we did not have D&D. 
Um, I think we played quite a handful of Conquest. I had uh, Scotty in the carry lane, did not go very well. Uh, then I pulled out uh, the new WAM mid, which is always a good time. And I spent probably about the first 10 minutes of that game just following Rick and Spam laughing because I was using the Oktoberfest skin, which is a really good new WAM skin. The laugh is just top tier. Good job, guys. Uh, so I just followed him around in the jungle, just laughing <laughs> while I was building stacks. Um, yeah, it was it was a good time, good time. Uh, then I played a, an agony game, and then I was like, hey, wait a minute, now we have a full party, because Gok ended up joining us, and uh, our, our substitute, uh, Dookie, also joined. So we had a full team, and I was like, I'm going to try Persephone. Boys. I love her. I'm not good with her yet. But she's fun as hell. She's 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 awesome. No, she's really fun. I I did not do very good, um, but I did have some high damage numbers there and uh, uh and all of that. I'm just I'm I gotta figure out it was literally the first game I've ever played, um, with Persephone. So I gotta figure out how to like keep up with the farming as well as um, you know, trying to push people out of my lane uh I, unfortunately i was uh leaning against a hades so Depp Depp had a uh persephone game that he forgot to mention oh go ahead it and tell was, us about uh, it it was infinite assault and everyone was persephone <laughs> and or no assault 2.0 yeah back 2.0 so it was the assault map and everyone was persephone with infinite <laughs> mana so I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions yeah. to how that went. I'm sure that was pure chaos. And like your mini map just looks insane with all the Persephone plants. Mm-hmm. Even when there's just one Persephone in the game, you're like, are there minions in the lane? I'm confused. Um, oh, yeah. I know it's a known issue, Fro. I know it's a known issue and they're looking at it. But um, I can't imagine how the mini map looks like with 10 Persephones in the game. <laughs> it was horrific and i believe i crashed out twice in that match because oh, like too many plants or too many ults going on at the same time or? all yes all of it all of it yeah Nev. all of it was happening i think <laughs> i think both teams built full cooldown like it's my it was goodness dumb. well ugh, it sounds ugh. awful but also fun all at the same time it was nightmarish <laughs> like Somehow my team, we're like, all right, we're all going to pick Persephone. The enemy team had the same idea. There were 10 <laughs> Persephones, Nev. It was nightmarish. And then the Persephones are living after you killed them, and they're coming at you, and ah, oh, It was some freaky shit. Insane. Um, and then after that game, I, I played another AMC game. I'm loving AMC and Conquest. He's so much fun. And uh, we won that game in about 30 minutes. I went 9, 6, and 8. Felt real good. Um, and then this week in the league, I think I can officially announce this now. The stats aren't completely updated, but I think we're second now. Second overall. Ooh. So we got uh, two more weeks of the split, so... Fingers crossed uh, that we can do some pretty cool stuff with that. So it's been a good season or split or whatever you want to call it. Um, but we, yeah, we won. We won this week's game 2-0. 
I think we we finished uh, the whole set in about hour and a half. I think it was so with, with picks and bands and waiting for people to join the lobby and and all that. So, but yeah, good good week, good week for Nev. Fro, how was your week? Bryce just messaged me. Literally just messaged me. You better watch out for them scrims. Oh yeah. Oh, so tonight. Um. So our our scrim team. Um. Uh, TBD, uh, the team that Bryce is on, um, we've become scrim partners as well as um, being opponents in the league. Um, but we decided tonight we were going to have drunk scrims and everybody's going to get wasted and do some crazy shit. So can I, I'm can ready. I shoutcast? Can I shoutcast stream you? Dude, do it. It's going to be insane. <laughs> he told me what he's going to pick and I was like, yes. Is he going Thor mid? I feel like he's gonna go Thor mid. I mean, you know Bryce; he likes his Thor. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna either go Thor mid or Loki mid. I can feel it. I can Bruh, feel Loki it. Loki mids is not good. <laughs> not good. But so, how was Froze week? <clears throat> I played a game with this guy, who legitimately got pissy. And almost sat in base. We're in we're in comms with him. I was playing with Arab and uh, and Bob, and I I forget who else. But this guy's getting pissy, and literally he's like, "I might just sit in base." And I'm like, "You know, dude, I'm just flat asking to tell you, I'm gonna report your ass if you sit in base just because you got your mirror and assault. Like that's no need to fucking whine." And uh, he ended up going like. Five and one on Ymir and was just fucking these kids up and I'm like all this coming from the guy who was like I'm gonna sit in base cause I got Ymir like and we started picking on him and he like started having a good time with it but it was just really ironic uh, besides that I played with uh, Webb and Lantern last night and we played some conquests and I decided I wanted to channel my inner Nev and play some Vulcan Bruh, fucking fragged on these kids. Like it. So the first game did all right. They end up surrendering. But the second game, I was like, oh shit. I recognize the, you know, two of the people in this match. And uh, one, one was the soul and the other was the Kakulin. I'm like, Webb, be careful over in the solo lane. Like he's got his plat border. And last I knew he was decent but I've, i haven't played with these guys in years mind you literally years and then i was like yeah be careful over in the dual lane but uh after that turns out that soul went mid and uh i shit on this kid <laughs> like sorry bud like we're friends like so we're on the friends list haven't played with him in years but he ended up going one in 12 and i was 11 and one I was level 19 or 18. I was at level 18 at 18 minutes with like, oh, I was, I was fragging. I was fragging on these kids. I ended up finishing the game at like 5,000 with 5,000 gold because I hadn't backed in forever. We had an Apollo who, he was the the one rando was the Apollo. And he was bitching and complaining that we wouldn't go over to his lane and help him. Granted, we're fragging everywhere else everywhere else and lantern wanted to leave because he was kind of like uh 
I'm tired of being with this Apollo. It's like, all right, understandable. Well, they end up starting fighting, and they're like, hey, we should start up a fight over in, you know, left lane or right lane because we want to look for this fire giant here soon, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, nah, guys, I'm going to go help. I'm going to go help left lane. I'm going to go help this Apollo finally. Like, a minute, minute and a half later, I forget, it was Webb. I think it was Webb. is like, holy shit, you're taking a Phoenix? And I'm like, yeah. He hadn't even had T1 down when I got over there. I'm like, yeah, I just came over. I decided I'm going to help this guy out, push his lay wave up. He's been asking for some help. We end up taking the fucking <laughs> left Phoenix. So we went T1, T2, Phoenix, down. Just done. Jesus. Uh, oh, we just smashed right through it. And he was Apollo, so wave would come up, and I would just go clear the wave. And then go back to the tower so he didn't have to hop off from it. And yeah, we smashed down that lane real quick. Uh, let's see here. There's a couple other notable ones. Been playing some Persephone. She's fun. I think I talked about a lot of that with Bryce, though. Uh, yeah, then that's the other notable one. Oh, got Cupid a few games, but you know. I've mentioned enough about Cupid. He's fun. <laughs> People. Okay. I'm going to bring this Cupid game up now that I mention it. I had, I think it was Ash, Willow. Yeah, it was Ash, Willow, and Danny Boy. And I was Cupid, and we had a random. Ash was Ardio. Willow was King Arthur. Danny Boy was Cabracken. And our random was Achilles. And I was Cupid. And I'm like, listen here, guys. I want every goddamn aura in this game. I want every every goddamn aura. I want I want shoguns. I want heart ward. I want sovereignty. You motherfuckers, all four of you better get me all of this shit. I'm going to be the world's most spoiled whiny bitch little carry in the world right now because I'm the only carry. <laughs> I went 17 and 2. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> Them auras, though. What the fuck? Uh... Well, we were going against, actually, four Magicals, so we didn't end up getting the Sovereignty or any of that shit. I think one person picked up a Thebes, but we didn't get the Sovereignty. But I did get my Shoguns eventually. I whined when the first, or after the second round of items, none of the supports got it. I'm like, listen here, you fuckheads, I wasn't joking, get me my goddamn Shoguns. (laughs) I would have started Shoguns if there are four Magics on the enemy team. Uh, let's see, I think it was a Pestilence, and then a Heart Ward, with, and then someone, the Rando picked up a Genji, and I think Archibracken went Gaia. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but there wasn't a Shogun from the start. There was the second round, or the, the third round, because they, they got their boots first, basically. <laughs> but then I bitch, I'm like, I wanted my fucking Shoguns! Dude, in Assault, 50% of the time I forget to get boots. I don't even consider getting boots until, like, the first tower is going down and I need the movement speed. Unless I do my specialist blessing boot start when I'm on the healer. But, yeah, that was a really fun game. I told them, like, guys, like, the other the other shit I was, like, picking on them about. But this one I'm like, legitimately, I'm going to sit in the back and I'm going to free cast this entire match. If one of you guys just want to come help me when they try to dive me, that'd be cool. And, uh... Will the, the the warriors pretty much were just annoyed the shit out of the back line, but I had like a personal Cabracken and an RDO keeping me safe on calls. <laughs> that was awesome. And it it was a really good game. It was fun. That poor, poor, poor Merlin and Thoth. 
that RDO was just crippling them. Like Ash, good job, you're crippling them pretty pretty well. But uh, bad, man. yeah, that's it really for the most part. It's nothing too terribly crazy in my week. Although we had the hat, but we'll talk about that. That was really fun as well. You know, I'm forgetting that I'm actually not. Or I'm hosting this week, and I keep like. I was gonna say. I make it. Were... I make it seem like dramatic debt pauses, but these aren't intentional. <laughs> I'm. I'm not used to debt being here and me hosting. This is like what second time it's happened ever. <laughs> yep. Depp, are you retiring hosting? Like, no. this is the third episode I've had to do. Dude, I told you, I'm out of it, man. I didn't even know what day of the week it was. I know, I know. Well, I still tell you, it's Saturday. Week it is. Currently. Okay. Currently, Saturday, today. Not for you guys listening. For us recording. Mm-hmm. And we had a special guest that was going to show up. Why don't we go ahead and uh, welcome our friend Ajax. Well, Ajax, thank you for coming on today. Um, Hello. So, to get us started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? All right, my name is AJ, or Hi-Rez Ajax, or Titan Ajax, whichever you prefer. I'm the lead designer of Smite, which means that I oversee the team of designers. We, Our primary tasks and deliverables are the balance patches and the new god releases, and all sorts of types of new features, quests, events... Uh, social features, bug fixes, stuff like that in the game. There you go. Alright, easy well, easy. So, I do have a couple questions before we get going into the questions that our viewers have, or I always say viewers, listeners have asked. Um, sure. What got you started at High res What got you started on Smite? I was actually a Smite player before... I wanted before I worked at Hi-Rez, so I was working on my master's degree in game development, and I was playing Smite, and I was working at another mobile studio in New York, where it was my first internship and my first design position, and I was still playing Smite the whole time, so I always had had my sights set on Hi-Rez, because I really liked the games. I actually have a max level global agenda character before Smite, so I was just a fan of the studio, um, and I wanted to work there. So, you play Smite? I don't think many people are going to believe that. <laughs> well, I also was, you know, like I said, getting a lot of training in game design at the same time as I was playing Smite. I was going to say, he slipped in Masters there, so... Uh, yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. smart cookie. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can get into game design, game development. A lot of the tools are free, and you can download them on your own, but I wanted a little bit more structure and some guidance, so I actually I opted for a master's degree from University of Central Florida that was focused on game development, and that really got me... That, I mean, got my career started. Wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Now, if I remember correctly, didn't you mention also having a uh, degree in marine biology? <laughs> no, it's... Uh... Environmental engineering. Oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. That's what it was. There is another famous game designer, uh, Ghostcrawler. He has a degree in marine biology. Okay, got Maybe that. Mix me up with him. You know, he's uh, famous for World of Warcraft and League of Legends. Well, no, I, I remembered it was something nature esque because <laughs> yeah, a skin was brought up and that led to that. But uh, yeah, it's just a fun fact. I don't use that degree so much anymore, but it was something that I thought was interesting before I found the amazing world of game development. There you go. Well, before we get going, Nev, Depp, do you uh, have any particular questions? 
I'm still just blown away by the master's degree. Hey, you should be more impressed by the people who taught themselves all that stuff just online, home alone. That's the hard way. I had, I got to, you know, spend a lot of money, but that, that made me have really cool people to work with, really talented other artists and programmers to work with and instructors and professors. A lot of my classmates are working on fantastic games. I mean, I have friends now at Rockstar, Epic, working on Fallout, working on Fortnite, working on... Um, there's a couple other artists who now work at Hi-Rez who went to my, my same school, which is cool. Uh, Jacob, an animator, I've gotten the, the chance to work with on Smite, and now he's moved on to Paladins, which has been really cool. That's amazing. I'm I'm just in awe. That's so cool. <laughs> It was really fun. It didn't even feel like school, honestly. It felt like, it felt. I told people it felt more like a reality show than a school because all we were doing was like getting mixed and matched into these different groups and getting and just start making games together and then presenting those games to each other and kind of like, it was almost felt, it felt a little competitive, you know, because everybody wanted to make the best little pr- student prototype games, but then we all were winners anyway, as long as you got the work done and learned what you needed to do to be a developer. As long as you weren't lazy or a jerk, you were you were having fun. I was going to say, I bet your group projects were, like, way better than when I went to school. <laughs> and they sure were more fun. I would, I don't know if they're better. I, I mean, I still have videos. I have a YouTube channel that has videos of all my old student prototype games that I could send you all later. Uh, they're pretty laughable, but, you know, I'm proud of them for how much I knew, how little I knew at the time. Links will be and, in the description. <laughs> yeah, we had a... Uh, very short periods of time, you know, and they would put four or five people together and you'd have like two weeks to make a little game. And that's what you would spend a lot of your school time on. But you'd have additional, you know, solo classwork as well. But I think it resulted in some pretty cool little prototypes, like nothing that I would see as an indie hit or anything if we spent more time on it. But just really good learning experience and really cool little thing to, things to be proud of on your in your history, you know. Well, to be fair, that, that kind of is your job, designing games and making games, so... Makes sense. That was your your projects as well. I mean, those are any anyone will tell you that if you're trying to get any sort of education into game development, and they're not having you just make games, you should be very very alarmed. Like, we only had like one class where we just kind of like talked about game design and kind of looked at the history and studied it or whatever. That was like an extremely small part. The most of the program was like get together with these people and make a game. Here's Unity. Here's Unreal. Do it. That's Very what you cool. want to see. Awesome. Yeah, and I, a lot of the people I also met when I came down for the summit there at High Res, like they were—they were all a bunch of cool people, like you were saying. So that yeah, was, you meet that really was still great people working. Games. Fun experience. That was. It was really fun. I really appreciated y'all coming down to visit, and I really appreciate everything the Olympians have been doing to help. This year, I think it's been a really effective program. I think it's helped with some very positive changes throughout the year. All right, so you're really going to be blowing the people's minds today between saying that high-res employees play the game and now you're saying Olympians <laughs> do stuff. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, controversy. controversy. I know. Believe it, or, believe it or not, these things are true. I've been playing the game since day one closed beta. Oh, man. Well, there you go. Watch out. Next next thing you know, you'll be telling us that you got plans for hard bots in the game. Hard, hard bots. bots. Oh, oh boy, the there we bots? go. Dude, the new they jump at you. I got they blinked jump. on the other day, and I was they, like, "What?" They jump when they're CC'd. 
That that weirds me out a lot. It, it oh, made is me that, laugh. Is that against the rules? I don't no, know. It made I, me laugh. I can't do it, so I don't expect the bots to be. Well, that sounds like a bug. Actually, we do have plans for harder bots. Ooh. Awesome. Well, we've been we've been updating their AI, and but they're still they have a lot more behaviors now than they used to, but they're still just split into only medium and easy. So yeah. I think we're just going to better categorize them. Like I don't think we're really changing them, but I think we we do have plans to add like easy. Are very easy, easy, medium, hard, and very hard, but they'll Ooh. essentially consist of the current behaviors, and they oh. won't necessarily be that much harder than they are now. It just gives people, uh, just for better co-op and new player experience, we've been looking into ways to just like actually ramp up the difficulty of the bot games on the way uh, to the PvP games. Look, gotcha. Chiron bot is absurd. No matter if he's easy or medium, he just they don't he hits. Miss. He hits it they, all they the time. They don't miss. Oh my god, <laughs> that's. Miss. I always forget about can... that too, because I'm pretty good at juking, and and then I go up against one of the bots. I'm like, oh, I forgot, I forgot, and here I am trying to run away from Chiron, and he's dashing at me. It's like, don't let me die to a bot. <laughs> don't, don't. They are bullies too. They like dash if you get, aggressively if you, every <laughs> single time. If you queue, if you queue a, a co-op v AI arena, and you just like step foot in the middle before timers start, they just all leave the, like the the side camps and just all rush at you. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was just like placing Artemis traps. Like, calm down. <laughs> like, all right, I'm taking some notes of stuff because some of the one of these two of these things I, I might address. So you guys, you know, are already helping me out, y'all. <laughs> just I'm gonna take some notes. I'll look into that super aggressiveness. I'll look into that jumping wall CC. No, it's funny. <laughs> If players can't do it, though, then I don't want the bots doing it. <laughs> well, the players should, in a way. If you see someone standing by themselves, you collapse on that, man. Yeah. But <laughs> players that's, that's don't. Fair. That's the thing. They don't. No. We what can't are, what are the other scary bots? Thor's good Robot. with his hammer. I always imagine Anubis bot because his alt, he'll hit you with every single tick, yeah. no matter how much you're juking, if, if he wants to. If he's on hard <laughs> mode, he'll, he won't miss a single tick of his alt. Which is crazy. And he'll be coded to buy ISO. Like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that does Bots lead me to another around. question. Why Anubis? What what do you what do you like Why so much Anubis about Anubis? What? Like is it um, I, I, is great? I'm very attracted to the Egyptian pantheons, just uh theming and lore and visuals. I'm a big fan of Egyptian mythology in general. Okay. I've actually done multiple school projects, whatever, throughout my childhood and stuff about Egyptian mythology. Um, I've always been a mythology fan, just in general, but always really gravitated a little bit more towards Egyptian than anything else. My favorite character when I first started the game was Sobek and Anubis. Mm -hmm. um, I played only Sobek, though, because I'm more of a support main, so I played like just nonstop Sobek for like a year. That's all I played during closed beta. And Sobek was insane back then. He could dash through minions. There was nowhere to hide from him. That sounds great. It that was very, very like strong. The, yeah, very yeah, it was like... Mechanic. <laughs> no, it was uh, a pretty poor in the counterplay uh, department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I played nonstop Sobek, and I've always just liked Anubis. I just think Anubis is just a really cool character, even outside of Smite. Just the way he's been portrayed in all sorts of games and literature and and movies and whatever. He's just so super cool looking and very interesting. And then because uh, I, I gravitate more towards God's God's art styles in a lot of way more than their play styles, uh, depending on the the game or the character. So I just like Anubis because he's cool looking. And then, you know, this kind of greedy, all-in, high damage, high lifesteal kit just also kind of 
resonated well with me or uh, after some practice so i've just appreciated playing him he's just fun i like characters that feel like they can do really powerful things but aren't necessarily considered super meta or top tier like i like playing kind of offbeat hybrid characters in in all sorts of games i just heard a support anubis is what i heard <laughs> I've played Anubis in every role. Generally, if I if I'm queuing conquest with people who are really good, like so, back when I used to play more with Aquarius or um, some of those other uh, minor league players, Walp and uh, Plasma and stuff like that, I would just pick Anubis every time, and they would just have to build their team around me. And I, whatever spot was open, <laughs> Ajax would play Anubis solo, Anubis jungle, Anubis duo. It didn't matter, uh, but they were good enough that the games usually were went pretty clean. Yeah, Ajax, like, you're like, uh, I'm just going to pull out someone I know I'm good with, and I'll work with the role I got. Like, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> yep. So. So, I love the god. If you're, if you're a fan of mythology, that's just kind of got to add to, actually, like, your day-to-day work enjoyment. The fact that you work on some so heavily based mythology game, you know? Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's definitely part of the thing that helped me gravitate towards Smite in the first place. Right, and it's one of the things that I've loved about being a Smite player for so many years, and then it's just really cool, even as a Smite employee, to just keep focusing on mythology. I mean, obviously, we don't really get super deep into the literature and mythology and analysis as you would in like an actual mythology course in high school or college, even. But it's right. really fun to just be able to work with a creative team to go through mythology and, and kind of reinterpret it and put new art and pictures, you know, beautiful artwork towards creatures and gods and whatever, the mythology that have never been depicted even in, you know, in this style before, which is just really cool. Well, so it, I, I, I do think Smite it's pretty, pretty nice. Like... Your, your guys' uh, depictions of a lot of the gods, because they are for the most part, they like, they do stand out in their own way like a good way like discordia is never like depicted oh wait no and no, i no, like discordia is ah oh, fuck who am i well yeah you just uh, see a lot of mythology art it's very old school style it's very you know ancient or renaissance or um so you just it's just really cool to see this high quality modern illustrations of these ancient characters mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of who I was... i'm drawing a blank on it though it was one of those gods that in roman but in Greek, they're different depictions, and yeah. Anyway, anyways. Oh well, there's there's minute uh, discrepancies between all Roman and Greek. Yes. Well, a lot of that has to do with like personality wise, I... but this was like a hard look right. wise. But yeah. But some yeah. gods were like never depicted, like Artio. There's just one statue of a woman sitting down and a bear in front of her, and that's like all that there was. And like Kernanos, specifically the Celtic gods, like a lot of their ancient depictions either weren't made or weren't preserved so we're kind of putting new art to a character that has existed for hundreds of years but doesn't really have any official art right so when you search rto like all you see is smite art or i guess like Olaron's probably another example of that not much art of him i'd imagine i don't no, really know i've never really been not googled much of um, it but not ancient historic art that i could find but there was definitely other um, more modern art um, that were, you know, different different historians or different just artists of the culture. And uh, it was even a really cool photography set of the uh, Yoruba Orishas that we saw as we were p- prepping for 
those gods that was really cool i'm not sure exactly which artist did them but they're really they're really neat i'm trying to think of another one um i think cupid right cupid in, in greek and roman and one of them he's the um like aphrodite's child and in another he's like a primordial force uh, I'm not 100 sure. I guess so. I'd have to. I have to go back and double check that one. I haven't looked up the Cupid lore in quite a while. I'd say he's known as Eos in Greek. I do remember that. Eros, sure. right? Eros, yeah. So yeah. it might it might be in Greek then that uh, he's like a lot scarier than this little chibi bow and arrow guy. I'm pretty uh, sure he is depicted. He's as described Afro as one of the children of Aphrodite and yeah. both. Mm-hmm. But he is just, you're right, and Eros is described as one of the primordial gods. Interesting. Hmm. You can't stop love. So, Cupid, <laughs> primordial. Cupid, Cupid primordial, primordial skin, let's go. <laughs> Give Cupid oh. a Cthulhu skin, just like AMC. Right. Got it. <laughs> That would be terrifying, actually. Don't do that. That would be no. super terrifying. Uh-huh. His his ultimate, just like a little field of tentacles. Watch out. I'm just trying to think of what a love primordial would look like. Like, So not like dark and purple and scary, but just like giant cosmic energy of like bright pinks and whites and beautiful yeah. colors or something like that. That would be very interesting. Kind of like that Chernabog angel we made. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Or, that feels uh, to me like a hmm. primordial of romance. See, when we started this conversation, I didn't think I really wanted a Cupid skin. <laughs> but the more as it goes on, I think I want a Cupid skin. How <laughs> big can his head be in this skin? Is is that your goal, just to get the biggest possible <laughs> Cupid head? Well, it's got to be at least like half his body or it won't fit the rig, so yeah. can't go any smaller mm-hmm. than that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, let's <laughs> let's move on to some of our guest questions we got. Nev, you got us covered here. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna preface this one really quick because <laughs> first up we have Coffin Monkey, and I think uh, the other hosts know where this is going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Ajax. Back in the golden days of Bot G, I had an animal shelter, and every episode I would ask a guest to euthanize, adopt, or leave a pet at the shelter, and it was an animal-themed god. And when one was euthanized, I would put it out and replace it. But now, things are worse. Ugh, rainforests are burning, oceans are being polluted, crops are failing. Today, things are much more drastic. I want you to fix an environmental crisis, leave one trending, and lastly, let one completely happen. Here's your list. Poseidon, king king of the deep, shall you fix the oceans from dying and warming? Zeus, king of the sky, shall you let the skies continue to be polluted? AMC, king of the bees, shall you discover an alternative to pesticides? Fix one, leave one for someone else to deal with, or and forget one and let it happen. Or if this is too deep and feel and is heavy, feel free to just get rid of raw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a very creative question, um, <laughs> and I'm drawing monkey. drawing yeah. back on my environmental engineering knowledge as much as I possibly can here. I'm trying to think of which of these three is the most important. You know, so we got air pollution, 
ocean pollution and insect species, you know, bees die off or pesticide issues are the main three, right? And they got to fix one. Yeah, so I wish you'd clarify the AMC on one, one, one. And, and ignore one. Is that and the... ignore one. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, let's see. You know, oceans are very interconnected into everything. They have a lot of impact on the environment across the board, as do the bees. You know, the mass species die off. That could cause real problems real fast. I feel like air pollution is the most fixable one. Like, didn't they make that? They made some cool giant air filter in China that they put in the middle of a city that just like that they were just running. So even though people were polluting, they could still clean the air. So I feel like I'm no idea. Yeah, I remember reading a story about that. I took I took a class about air pollution filtration stuff too as well back in the days. So I think you know, I think I would focus on the bees first hey all right that way we can successfully feed everybody and we can prevent like the, the shortest path to us all dying which is just if like these core species at the bottom of food chains that do these important things if those die off just like everything is in bad shape real fast so i think so that everything would be... just collapses yeah yeah so the the species collapse and then food and food production that to me seems the most important i would probably put oceans a second we could procrastinate okay. a little on the oceans, but we got to get to it. And I think I'd put air as the save for save for another day. For let someone else fix that. All right. So Nev, we could um, live in bubbles or like little Jetsons houses, bubbles or something if we had to, right? <laughs> we just never really go outside. <laughs> well, I mean, we're gamers. We don't really do too much yeah, outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, right. We don't need fresh air. Just well, that a was warning, a very Nev. Question. I, I wish I had more. Uh, I wish I had brushed up more on my old specialization <laughs> before this interview, as opposed to <laughs> focusing only on Smite and game development topics. Oh yes, we we um we do kind of go off topic, but still somehow stay in the world of Smite. So <laughs> this is very. Re- I mean, yeah, environmentalism questions very relevant to me as well as Smite. So kudos to that person for for that creative question. Good job, Coffin. All right, next up we have Vio. Will old Odyssey T5 skins eventually return ever, either as an unlimited or some new tier? I was telling a friend about the recent Cuckoo T5, and he lamented about missing Ares, saying that he would have spent the money necessary to get it despite not playing the game all the time. From a business standpoint, there's a lot to be gained. It's mostly a trust issue, right? We've been telling players that these things cannot ever be attained again, and we don't want to break that promise. It's very important to us. So I I think the short answer is no, those won't come back. But we have done things like we did Demonic Thanatos, where he was not as high tier as the original tier 5. He doesn't uh, transform, but we kind of we knew a lot of people wanted that skin and we wanted a way to give people part of the experience without breaking the trust of the original odyssey supporters so we might do something like that again and we also sometimes we make these skins available through our really large donation initiatives so if we ever have another charity event 
sometimes you can earn these skins by donating a large amount of money to charity because then that way we're not really breaking players trust because we're not profiting off it we're like we're letting people ob obtain this reward by by giving money to a charitable cause instead of to us which um, we felt better about so no plans to just make old limited skins just strict limited but they might be edited artistically and re-released or you might be able to obtain them through some other means but um I don't have anything official like planned about those right now. All right. At least the good news is all these event rewards going forward are unlimited now. So if you do miss the Cuckoo Con skin, you can come back and buy that one later. Oh, but... thank you. Because <laughs> that one's going to be my question. <laughs> yeah. So Cuckoo Con is unlimited. Um, this year's Odyssey tier five will be unlimited. Uh, the Merlin reward skin from earlier in the year. And was the Jorm one as well? I think all of the skins for this year have been in that category, and we, we talked about it before they launched. So going forward, these players will have ways to obtain these things, even if they come back to the game later or you know don't have the money to buy it now but want to come back later. So those will be available. But as far as changing the status of old skins, we really try not to do that. Because I'm sitting here looking at my gem amount, and it's not it's not enough. <laughs> right now um so that's good news thank you for letting me know <laughs> but if you wait you don't get all the other things in the event which is uh, i know I but know. at least you can still get it <laughs> and uh all right the the demonic thanatos i think it was a little bit of an exception because people loved that archon and really really wanted it and a big portion of the community never even had a chance to get it the xbox and the ps4 people because we weren't around. That's true. Then. That's a good point. That, yeah, that's one thing really I always looked at. It's like we never had a chance, and here's our one chance. And it's it's different because it's a demon, not an angel, and it doesn't transform. It's just they reuse right. the same rig. People, calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, actually the reaction to demonic Thanatos was pretty positive. I think everybody was like who had the skin was like had the original one they didn't feel cheated they didn't feel they were like oh, okay my like i still think mine is different enough i feel really special still having mine but that's cool that someone else can enjoy it too like it seems like that was pretty positive mm -hmm. i was happy about it because like i said i knew i was never going to get a chance to get the archon and never had a chance so mm -hmm. unfortunately you mean you're not going to save up a thousand dollars for the charity stream donation <laughs> uh, i mean if i had a thousand dollars i wouldn't be recording on a potato right now <laughs> you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's for charity, though. All right, Adios is up next. He's got a few questions, and I'll just uh, I'll pause in between them so you can answer them. Okay. How many Ama sweaters do you own? I just have the one, just the one <laughs> sweater. I have one hoodie and one T-shirt that both have her on them. Uh, they get washed often, and props to Into the AM for having such nice graphics that maintain their bright colors even after multiple washings hashtag ad um <laughs> <laughs> uh what is your favorite beer my favorite beer yes is that what that was yes Ooh, that's tough um i've been drinking a lot of ipas and sours lately there's a oh, brewery finally. Um, from athens georgia just outside of atlanta called creature comforts that's a very successful brewery that has some really delicious stuff um, they make an ipa called tropicalia which is amazing uh, they make a sour called athena actually which is awesome Ooh. <laughs> um, 
but I go kind of through my moods. I don't always in the, I don't always love sours. I've got uh, I was drinking some. I like uh, Sierra Nevada IPAs from out west and all their different. Um, they have all sorts of different types of IPAs. Those are all delicious. I was just drinking some Sierra Nevada hazy IPAs. Those were really good. So, I don't know. My favorite singular. If I had to just pick a single brewery and a single name, I guess right now I'd give the shout out to Creature Comforts Tropicalia. But my tastes are always changing and evolving, and I love to try new beers and go. Well, to I mean, how can you not drink the, the seasonals, man? Like they only come yeah. around. Like and that's the point of them. My tastes are I very seasonal you know. too. I like to drink uh, summer. I like to drink the sours and the IPAs in the summer and the spring, and then I like to switch a little bit to more of the ambers and the. The, the darker beers in the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's, I'm a that's big fan also of beer all around beers the board. Work too, in a way, when they come to actually producing them, in a way. My best friend's a brewmaster, so talk that's a lot awesome. about beer. I, I want yeah, you just, to know that I you made the, Adios uh, really happy with this answer, yeah, by the way. I was okay. about to say. <laughs> nine out of ten times, he usually gets, well, you know, I like Bud Light, or I don't mind a Corona, or something like that, and he's just like, well, <laughs> fine then. No, I, I'm a little bit more of, yeah, I love, I mean, I've gone on lots of different trips that are geared around going just to mostly to small craft breweries, and having all sorts of weird stuff like strawberry shortcake sours and coconut IPAs and stuff like that. Like I've had all sorts of crazy beer. I really like being, I'm a very adventurous eater and drinker. So I like trying new things and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, the world of beer is beautiful and there's so many cool options that I love how craft beer is really growing across, especially America is really leading the charge even nationally. Like when I travel internationally, it's hard to get beer as good as you can get in America now. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this question going and add a question to it. Um, since you said that was available near Atlanta, when we go to HRX, will that beer be available? Because I want to try it. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, we can find it. The The Creature Comfort stuff is they've been getting better at their distribution over the past few years. Like when I first moved here, it was ha- actually pretty hard to find. Like you would get to the people would get to the grocery store like on shipping day at opening at the opening time and like buy out as much as they could of it. But now oh, you can gosh. find it pretty easily in like grocery stores and um, liquor stores and convenience stores. You can find, uh, and then then multiple of their, of their types of beer. But I mean, Atlanta has a lot of good, great beer. I mean, we could go to a liquor store and we'll get all sorts of good stuff. There's a, there's a uh, really good fruity IPA by um, the, uh, what's it's called? The, the hog, the hog, no pog, the pog basement pomegranate Poggers. it's called pomegranate <laughs> orange guava pog that's what they stand for yeah but it's got works for the games we can get some pogs up in here <laughs> that one's delicious that's from scofflaw brewing which is is in atlanta oh man there's so there's so much good stuff awesome i look forward to that <laughs> all right adios also asks are there going to be any more adventures in the future especially pve ones um I can't spoil too much. I'm trying to remember what I've said in the past. I mean, I think I've made statements on this a few times. Um, Adventure and like we events. have mentioned. Well, we. Uh, so just, that's that's the only wording. Your wording, I remember, is saying adventure like events. Yeah. Um. So we we do have a little Smite prototype team inside of smite that's been testing out some new game mode ideas and things like that we don't have any announcements on what if anything new is coming from that yet um 
we've had a lot of pitches go through that system, a lot of game modes made prototypes, a lot of them canceled, some of them that we like a little bit more that we're continuing to work on, you know, so there's there's always kind of experimentation, but we don't really have anything. So I know I've talked about that before. Um, I can't say anything else specifically about what adventures are coming up um, or if we do plan on anything like that, but I will say that we'll be making some more official announcements about that soon. Um and we know that people really like the RPG adventures, um, the PVE adventures. We know that that's a, a very a high level of interest of our player base. But they're also the hardest to develop. They have to make these huge environments and lots of content and stuff that Smite was not constructed for. So that would be, those are probably more in the long term, although we know that there's interest for them. But more PvP modes are the kind of things we've been experimenting with lately. Let's say, feel free to bring back Nike's Valley of Victory at any time. I would not be upset. Oh, I yeah? missed that one. I didn't I loved Capture the one. Flag one? Yes. You oh, really liked God. it? No, that was my favorite adventure. Hands down. Easy. Interesting. So, I have all the metrics and all the adventures, and I so I know which ones are most popular and most played, and that one was not in the top list. I, hmm. I don't understand why. I thought it was great. Aside from the fact that it was the first one, and it was right after Fafnir's Wonderland... Or not right after it was in that time frame, but I I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I think that one that one did have a lot of potential, and maybe it was just its positioning and the timing or advertisement that made it a little less popular. People didn't really understand the system yet, you know, of it just adventures in general. But all right, that's cool. I'll keep that in mind. You know, we're constantly looking back at the ones and trying to decide what was most successful about which ones than other ones. I can't remember. Was there a King of the Hill mode? No. I would not say there was. There was a Domination, which is our capture point. I like that one. That one was a lot of fun. Um, I think it'd be neat if that one was, uh, whatchamacallit, one of the mode of the days. We have discussed some options as far as making more of a rotational mode of the day with more game modes, but... um, it's a difficult te- technical uh, challenge because then you have to download all these additional maps and right, you don't right. want the game file size to just be massive. Like that's already something that constrains us on platforms like Nintendo Switch where people don't have as much memory. Um, so if we had put all of those games into the, all of those modes into the game at once, it would be a massive download and, and there would be updates would be a lot slower. So we're trying to look at how to, but that's something we've talked about, too. I don't have any concrete plans or any spoilers or anything. I'm just saying that's something that I've experimented with some design um, prototype you know, plans with my team about how could we do that and make Match of the Day more interesting and combine some of those other modes and adventure modes. But it's not something we've officially solved or planned to launch yet. All right. Well, that's all I have in uh, the Discord. So I'm going to pass it on over to Fro. Yep. I wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. I mean, I am prepared. I just wasn't ready. There we go. (laughs) Oh, no, my Twitter reset. Okay, now I'm not prepared. (laughs) The magic of editing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're leaving it in there. That's quality content. (laughs) So, our first one we got from Twitter here is from our buddy RumRunner102. He says, is there cocaine in Ganesh's flower? He seems a little too happy to be smelling it in his victory outro. 
there is not. <laughs> All right. That does. Uh, we. Uh, I think our categorization from the ESRB is mild violence and alcohol usage because of Bacchus. Bacchus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have. Dr- I don't think we have any. Uh, we don't have drug or tobacco usage in the game anywhere because that would that could push us to another level of rating. So, Bacchus's alcoholism is the only one. I remember this because there was a specific discussion about if Baron Samadhi should be able to smoke his cigar. Because mm. he is traditionally depicted with one. and But that originally, around the same time, there was a big um, community discussion about a cigar on a character in League of Legends. And if, it, and if it was not allowed in certain regions and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's not what's happening. He is just that and he is just that genuinely excited to have won his match and enjoying his flowers. That's just that's just Ganesh being him. He doesn't need any um, performance enhancing substances to, to change his personality there. He was happy to help. Exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> that was a lot longer of an answer than I was expecting. I try to find ways to get to share little interesting factoids about the game. And whenever I can, you know. All right. So the next one is from our boy Key or Sky or whatever the fuck his name is this week. We can't keep <laughs> track of this anymore. Um, will we ever get a permanent two v two mode? A permanent two v two mode. Um, I don't know. Honestly, we. It's another thing that we've discussed and we've tested and we've talked about, but. Adding more game modes to Smite is something that has a lot of difficult decisions along with it. So uh, I can't really answer it right now. I'd say I know I understand that there's a lot of people that are interested in it. Um, we've been in a looking at kind of an adventure scope, testing 2v2 and looking into that. We know people run 2v2 tournaments and things like that, but no official plans that i can really announce i can't i can't make a promise that yes you'll ever have a permanent 2v2 game mode that's just not something i can i can do but i will say that it's constantly being considered and looked at and discussed and we know there's interest in it look it needs to be one lane you call the game mode e-couple someone automatically gets susano someone automatically gets aphrodite (laughs) it's easy (laughs) that's that's a good match of the day right there I think that actually, like, when Kitten of Doom came on, we talked about that, how that should be a match of the day. Just Susano and Aphrodite. That's it. Just send it over to Isaiah, see if you can hook it up. <laughs> All right. We can do that. Uh, next one we have is from our boy Pubed. Where is Ranked Assault? Um, This is interesting because there was another Reddit post that I replied to recently about people wanting us to balance Assault. Question mark? The question is, does Assault really ever need to be competitive or balanced? Is it still Assault if it's either of those things? Uh, no. <laughs> that's, that's my that's strong my opinion. opinion. Pube, my opinion I loved assault... you, bud, but I'm the guy yeah. who's going to argue against this. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah. My opinion is that Assault is meant to be random and fun and not super competitive because you know if you're just going to lose to a team comp dice roll that's not really fun to be a competitive thing anyway i don't know if you want something like this i would suggest you know i know people do assault tournaments i know people do um 
essentially like random god picks and other game modes they just kind of you know just kind of put that self like a kind of a nuzlocke challenge type of self-imposed rules like those are the ways i'd suggest you look for that right now we don't plan to incorporate ranked assault into the actual game anytime soon god could you imagine like if you think ranked conquest is salty <laughs> could you imagine someone who re-rolls a healer in ranked assault <laughs> you would you would have people yeah. trying to implode the internet just to get at that asshole <laughs> i mean theoretically if they were competitive enough they wouldn't make these mistakes or they would have good reasons for them no when their know. teammate did you know yeah, you know you always got to complain I mean, about the ranked them, teammates yeah. that's that's a default thing it's their of fault. course of course <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the fault it's yours <laughs> yeah yes i i do agree that there would probably be a lot of negative player behavior issues if we to make competitive assault uh, then we have, uh, Nico, hi, Res Nico. Hi, yes. Oh, cool. I was wondering when were we going to see the revival of Ranked Arena? Oh, really? <laughs> Gotta do me like that? One of my own employees? <laughs> uh, I see the same answer as Ranked Assault, really. Like, what's, we don't really see the point like arena is meant to be fun and you know just because there's not a rank associated with it doesn't even mean it's not even competitive you know same with assault there's very good assault players in the high mmr assault queue um the addition of ranked just separates those player bases and causes other issues like i just don't see any advantages to ranked arena i just don't i don't think it's i don't think it's happening anytime soon you do you just do ranked arena but only on the corrupted arena map. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes. Now that sounds fun. <laughs> so I, I do got a, a quick like personal question here to stem off from this one. Uh sure. Is there a reason why we can't see our MMR for our casuals? Is that just so so it stays casual and so people don't get all sweaty try hard about it? Um well showing MMR is a different discussion entirely it's a very interesting game development game design problem really the most common opinion uh, for most game developers most designers is that showing mmr is not a fun experience to players because mmr is meant to be a back-end matchmaking tool it's not something that's meant to progress in a way that feels good like normal game mechanics are so if MMR is working as intended, after a certain number of matches, um, you know, sometimes it's depending on the game, it's a lot, or depending on some, some of your mathematical choices, it's 100 or less or more, You, we have your MMR. We know how good you are. And you're not going to be able to change it pretty much ever. And just, I'm not saying that this is a challenge. I'm not calling people out. This is a statistical fact that most players overwhelmingly most players once they reach this official mmr point they it doesn't change for them um so most most cases you would just see the same number over and over again forever for the rest of your life which is not super fun but um we've agreed to show it in ranked just because it was something the players wanted so much and they wanted to help show people what was going on with the matchmaking more clearly so that they could understand um even though it's not necessarily designed to be a progression metric. Um, we have, we've made we do have relatively high variance, as we call it, which allows players in Smite to change their MMR, um, even though they've played a lot of matches. 
but that has a lot of other complicated downsides with it as well. So, you know, I think I would be very open to finding a way to give players a better progression metric on their normal game modes. Maybe it's not literally MMR, but maybe it's something that feels more like a rank um, or a combination of skill and time played that helps them see, oh, I'm a master arena player. Like, I think I, I think that's a really positive direction to go for the game, and that would be something we could take, tackle in the long term. But I don't necessarily think that'd be better than just, or that would be wor- better or worse than just showing MMR, right? There's a very right. different set of pros and cons between those two strategies. So. I like the idea of making a more interesting progression matrix and ways to show off that you've mastered a game mode or that you're very high skill in that game mode, but I don't so much like just showing people their MMR in all game modes. But for all, you know, depending on who you talk to, you could, either of those um, possible directions could be successful for the game. I'm just really curious because we always joke on here that I'm a GM assault player because I've played like 3,000 some odd games of assault. And, like, I know it doesn't count because how Smite Guru works, but for, what was it, two years in a row, I was top 50 in Assault on PS4 for their quote-unquote ELO on there. And the the year before those two, I was in top 100, so I was just kind of always wondering. I mean, so MMR and ELO, however it's calculated, is calculated on, on a curve, right? It's calculated with all the other players in the game in mind. So Smite Guru's number tends to be wrong, but you if they, if they think you're in the top MMR, you most likely are. I'd say that's probably true. You probably are towards the top end of all players in MMR in those game modes if you're seeing that stat there. I'd say that's probably true. Well, I, I was just... I, I know they don't directly correlate, but I was just kind of always something like, I was like, well... I can work on this and try to improve this number, so let's go with this. <laughs> Granted, with Assault, it's random, and you can't in a way, but you can slightly. Focusing on your Assault MMR does sound like a frustrating endeavor, but if some people <laughs> want to do that, that's I, I'm okay with that. Boy, I got them Assault strats down. You can ask Death. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I like my Assault. I enjoy it. Even yeah, though, cool. but the that, thing is, the I'm looking. I don't. Do. I don't. I'm not looking to get competitive with it. Like I'm not actively trying. I'm like, oh, I want to be an actual GM assault. But it's just like I like playing it, so I learned how to play it. Yeah, maybe just some sort of like instead of even more complicated things I was describing, maybe just something that kind of kept you notified just where in the top player group you were. You know, something that said top 100, top thousand. And just so you know, like, oh, when I queue Arena, I queue and I, I know I'm one of the top thousand and I play with other top thousand. That's just cool. Like, something like that could be really nice And instead of just showing MMR. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's something that I've talked about and I've, like, you know, sketched out some rough draft designs for a lot, too. But hasn't been officially scheduled. Either that or you could almost do a percentile. Just tell us the percent. What? What? I mean, there's not much of a difference between top this many people, top percentile. That you, that... I guess so. But percentile, like, it's kind of like MMR. Like, out of context numbers, you know. That's why I present our balance yeah. reports okay. in these ways in ranks, because mm-hmm. you get an idea. Like, if you see your MMR is whatever 1800, you don't know if that's good or bad unless you go compare it to everyone. If right. you see your top five percent, you don't know if that's five players or five thousand players. Like, so true, I like giving true. people more more in-context numbers whenever possible in game design, but sometimes it's not possible. 
I know that that definitely makes sense. Makes it more relevant, more relatable, so you can understand the number. Like I said, more context. Anyways, we should, we should yeah. probably get to the the last. So ranked arena there. not coming back right away. That's yes, <laughs> yes, ranked arena <laughs> not coming back right away. Got it. <laughs> uh, last one we got from uh, Rayathan at one true Ray. Uh, is one class more difficult to balance than the other? Hmm. I don't think it really depends on class. It's more of a god by god. Some gods are much more difficult to balance than others. Um, it, how difficult to balance is even defined can change the answer of this question. So you could make that, is, is, is the god difficult to nerf or buff to 50% win rate? Is the god difficult to balance in that the community perception is very different than their actual performance? Like, those are different types of difficult to balance. So, I'd say it doesn't really... I wouldn't really say there's a single class that really pops out in my mind as being always difficult to balance. Just more um, particularly gods? Yeah, specific gods. I don't know. I'd say, you know, one one that comes up a lot is just the discussion of mages because players tend there's to perceive so mages as extremely powerful even when their stats aren't so good just because they have the highest uh, potential to just one-shot you or hit you with a really large area of effect ability that felt hard to dodge. So they have, a, they have probably a lot of the most difficult perception versus performance issues, which is difficult. So I guess if I had to pick a class right now, based on the current um, climate in the game, I would say mages. And, and mages, means... I think they vary quite a bit. Like in my personal opinion. Uh, in the, oh yeah, certain mages are like utility to, to damage. Others, for sure. Whereas like hunters, they seem like yeah, there's a few that have a little utility, but it's all just kind of here's damage and damage and damage. Oh, okay. Well, so let's let's say that even when I say mages, let's not use the idea that mages are such a diverse class as why they're hard to balance. That's not true. I'll just say the traditional ranged AoE damaging mages as a group are hard to balance because of those perception versus actual reality issues. Okay. Well, I was just thinking we, that maybe the, the, the class diversity is kind of... If you were to Yeah, no, that's a totally good point. Yeah. That's a totally good point, but I feel like that's kind of using it. That's like turning this question into a trick question, right? So, uh, just that. as far as a real co like core category of gods that are similar to each other, it being the question, the ranged D DPS mages are hard to balance because we even see pro play; those don't get picked up as much. You know, like Anubis, we are perpetually not competitive, but these characters do super, super well with new players and in other game modes and depending on the skill level of the player, so they're just all over the place, which can make them hard to balance. Or hard to balance in that it's hard to get their community to agree with their actual performance. There you go. Fair enough. And that was our last of our Twitter questions. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess before to wrap this all up, Depnev, last chance. Any further questions? There's been some very interesting topics floating around the Smite universe lately. Such as? <laughs> <laughs> um, the ones that I see coming up the most uh, that people ask me about that we didn't talk about today is skin creation 
and specifically community involvement in skin creation or the topic of god reworks those are probably the two more complicated design questions that i get pretty often like the loki rework that should happen huh yeah yeah so you know if we want to talk about reworks first um (laughs) before we call it a day the uh mid-season of this year i think was very successful I think it was a very good example of how we can do reworks that work. I would yeah, also Nike's say that really it's not fun his... now because of that. Who's new fun? Who's more fun now? Nike and ISIS. Oh. I I liked ISIS before, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take these. But Nike way. <laughs> she was more just enjoyable. more buffs than a rework, but yeah, for sure, both of those guys. Um, but I would say though, historically speaking, reworks have not been super successful, and people in the community have not been very happy with them. So. You know, we did it in midseason, we did it well, and I think we're starting to find the formula. And it's just, it's really hard to rework a god and make everybody happy, because no matter what the god does, a lot of people just want the god to stay as they, as they are. They don't care if they're unpopular, or they're too strong or too weak, too, too whatever, they don't care. They just want them to stay the way they are. Um, so, trying to make reworks that stay true to the current character design but also do all of these things that we want to fix or things we want to remove. Those are really difficult. So, you know, ones like Loki that a lot of the players want changed, but is still overwhelmingly popular. So traditionally, or for this, for this mid season, I made the criteria that the character had to be relatively unpopular and have balance issues or gameplay issues before we would consider them for a rework. Loki's still pretty popular. Um, yeah, you but... could say Thor. Thor was pretty popular, even though we chose to rework him. But since he's a free god, I believe his popularity is yeah skewed and inflated. Um, we saw that in like high ranking, high MMR games, he was not getting any picks at all. So we used th- that more specific subset of popularity to justify his changes. But um, yeah, reworks are just super interesting. I just want—I just want to take this chance to talk about it and share the, with the community the challenges involved in them, and to let them know that yeah, since midseason was super successful, that's that has us feeling good. It makes us want to consider some of these. So, you know, I've seen Bastet, Odin, Loki, <laughs> Freya, all of these types of things brought up, and I'm we're gonna be looking at them. But it's just something that is really difficult and really time-consuming and really dangerous. So. I'm not going to confirm any of those are definitely happening. I just want to let everybody know that, you know, we see all the feedback. We see all the discussion. We're really happy that people are being sharing all these thoughts so we can continue to, you know, focus on this specific design skill set that is really, really complicated, which is the the idea of a God rework. Have any additional questions or thoughts on on this topic? Well, I was just going to say, so we're not going to see Baron Samadhi and Jean-Cui enter the guardian pool um i don't think so i think the idea of the tanky mage is still fine and that gives them more flexibility than a true guardian but class just um class reclassifications aren't necessarily even as intense as a true rework you know i say a lot of that's just got to be number changes it is in most cases. It's uh, mostly the base stats and the base and scaling damage values are the core things that define 
a class. Um, but then, of course, the ability set, ability kit defines a class as well. So sometimes, in order to make a class, a class swap, we would also want to adjust the kit a little bit. But those two weren't even on my radar. But well, I mean, I'm just thinking Baron's got good lockdown and a heal for whoever he'd be in lane with if you put him in the support role. And Jean-Cui, I don't think there's any other mages where their passive gives them protections. Now the Aphrodite. question is, do you think people would be happier with those characters' balance points, or do you think they would be more popular if we did those changes? I don't know. See, I think Baron would probably numbers. fall <laughs> off, honestly, in popularity a little bit. Because then if yeah. you just make him tankier so he can take more damage, but now he's not dealing any damage, he's not feeling as fun. Yeah. So Well, that's what his passive is about, right? He does more damage once he gets everything stacked up. That's true. And I think mm -hmm. I would like Baron to rely on that a little more. And we tried that, and we've done a lot of shifting and balancing around that concept. Um, and it seems like players weren't agreeing with us that they want to rely on the hysteria they they just want to deal damage up front <laughs> well his, his, his i'm reading hysteria now and it's basically um like a double shaman's ring yeah it's pretty 20 good percent additional damage so shaman's ring 30 percent additional damage like i don't know guy's no, good i agree and that's a very good the, mechanic yeah, to point to that's a good point then yeah. you got the cleanse on his too he's just he's a good guy so I wanted to just, mostly just to sum up, I wanted to just make it clear that midseason, what we do feel like midseason was super successful. We know that now, since we did those reworks in midseason, that the community's hungry for more, and we are, <laughs> we are working towards planning these out. But some of them might take longer than others, and some of them might not happen due to not meeting some of that criteria that I mentioned. Just please don't remove Loki's invisibility. I know that's every what everyone's like get rid of, but like that's <laughs> not what like no that stays. I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm saying have there be a point where he takes so much damage and it breaks. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to adjust it without getting rid of it. And I I, like I think, think that would be session. too core too core to his identity to get removed. I know some people are under the opinion that stealth doesn't belong in this game at all, but. I think also enough of our community, we've seen from our new god creation that our community really, really loves that gods that have single things about them that no one else can do. Something super unique. So if Loki's stealth becomes the thing that he can do and not pretty much no one else can do, that's, that's well, okay. Well, uh, Morgan and Izanami both have stealth. But and Al Kuang, but they're different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Al Kuang and Jormungandr. Jormungandr, yeah. oh, yeah, the stealth guardian. Yeah. I always forget yep, about but that. But you can all hit them with something and then, boop, there they are. Right, but no one else quite has Loki stealth. Right. Well, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say about reworks. Can't confirm any of them still. Sorry. I know a lot of this when I when people interview me is they want me to confirm stuff in the future that I can't. <laughs> but we're looking at them. We got the idea. We've seen the success from a few of them and we want to keep the hot streak going. But historically, all before this midseason reworks have been not super successful. At least from a community perception. I don't think most people were very happy with the changes to Freya or Ratatosker or... I guess those are the ones that we get brought back up the most. <laughs> there, was, there, was many, there was many other successful ones as well. 
Well, I think after all that, that kind of wraps us up on our end. Uh, I'd like to okay, thank cool. you again for coming on and spending some time with us, answering some questions. It's always fun having you. Yeah, thank you. I love the opportunity to talk about Smite anytime. And, you know, I, I spend most of my time on my team in my day-to-day even doing more messaging and talking to people and community management and like planning of long-term goals. So I'm really happy to do this with you all anytime. And I want to share information as much as I can, you know. I'm surprised you actually found the time. You're a busy guy. <laughs> I was like, the whole time we were down there, weekend. you were running around constantly. Yeah, well, that's why we're doing this on a weekend. Well, it's a right. nice long you're weekend. Right. So I still woke up and did some things around the house for my wife and went and got lunch. And now just this is just cutting into a little bit of my gaming time this weekend. But, you know, it's all good. I appreciate you all working around my schedule because I know, like, on a weeknights and stuff is just really rough for me. So I, I thank you. I, I'm not sure if this is when you guys normally record, but I really appreciate it. Ah, uh, we Friday, Saturday, either or day, whatever works really, typically. But we generally do Fridays. But nothing wrong with a Saturday afternoon every once in a while. Um, so if you have any more questions or anything comes up after this goes live, people were confused about anything I said, you know, please just, you know, shoot me a tweet or a message or whatever, and I'll be happy to answer some more questions or happy to clarify. I try, you know, I try to pop in and reply to a Smite Reddit thread, like, a couple a week, um, especially things I see coming up a lot or things that I have good answers for. <laughs> um, so, you know, just, just because we're ending this my, my segment on this podcast doesn't mean you can't just pop by and ask me questions in many other ways, and I'd be happy to answer them as long as I have something that I'm allowed to say and have the time to say it. <laughs> yeah, so those are the two key points right there. But, uh, yeah, we'll make sure to include all your links and everything in the description, even though, I mean, guys, if you're checking us out, you, you know Ajax. But regardless, <laughs> they'll be in the description. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I would like to thank Ajax once again for stopping by. Definitely appreciate that. But I think it's time to talk about the Hat of Purgatory. Let's see. This week's hat, or last week's Hat of Purgatory, we had the I'm Helping by G. Nev. Helping. <laughs> so, this one was, we said a three or a five-man option. We end up doing it with four. Fucking sue me. Shit happens. <laughs> Did you, like, take it to Siege, or? No, we end up doing it in an arena. But it just so happened, like, Willow was like, come on, man, we need to do the hat today, because he's going on his trip and wasn't going to be able to record. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hopped on, but we had four and it's like well we can't find a fifth and we're not going to boot somebody so we'll just do it in this uh i end up picking kepri uh willow end up picking isis danny boy had kabracken again and ash had nike oh boy guys this was right after that cupid game where i went 17 and 2 right oh no this one we did in Arena. I went 3-0 and o on Kepri. Hey, and that's respectable. I, I, we, were, we were fucking these kids up. It was <laughs> like, 
Okay, let me get let me click on this here to get them hard stats, but it it was it was rough for the enemy team to say the least. So it ended fifty four tickets to zero tickets. Our Scotty, which was our rando, went fifteen and five. Willow was five and one. I was three and zero, oh, and the Nike was eight and six. Cabracken six and five. So we're all doing pretty well for the most part. But our CC was fucking ridiculous. Like, someone walked into Scotty Ice and started sliding. Here comes a Cabracken. And then here comes the Ice of Silence in you. And then the Ice of Spirit Ball. And then here comes Kepri rooting you in place and plucking you and shredding you. Like, oh my god. We were staggering our alt, or not our alt, or our uh, CCs pretty well. And just all of our damage in general. Uh, the only real problem we had was there was an enemy Vimana that just he built he built movement speed. So I mean, y'all know how that goes with Vimana movement speed. We couldn't catch the fuckhead, but we got to the point where like, okay, everybody bought anti heal. I ended up buying a uh, cursed Ankh and upgraded it as soon as I could, and I'm like, guys. Dead ass. Let's not even fight this guy. Cause you can't it's hard to catch a Vimana, especially in Arena. And he would just come harass the back line and take off. So it's like, let's just literally stay grouped up, ignore Vimana, because he was staying away from us tanks, because we could shut him down. And only fight him when we have our or when we have our cursed onk up. And he ults. And so that's what we did. And like we literally just like just fucking ignore this guy and just did our best to just not even engage with him, run right past him and just go to his teammates. And as a warrior person, someone who likes to play warriors, considering they don't have much CC, that is very frustrating when the enemy team does that, when they ignore you because you don't do enough damage to really kill them. I mean, you kind of can, but not really. And if the enemy team isn't throwing damage at you, you're not doing much as a tank. So it feels kind of bad. But that left us free and open to just frag on their back line, which we definitely did. Poor AMC. Dude, this AMC went 2-11. and 11. Their Izanami Ooh. was 3-7, and seven, and their Cuckoo Clan was 5-8. and eight. You hate to see it. No, we love to see it. Like, fuck <laughs> you, Vimana. <laughs> you want to sit here and annoy us? Well, we're just going to shit on your teammates. But yeah, it was bad. It was one of the ones where I'm like Kepri ulting as people go into enemy fountain and yeah. Good times. Good times. I'm helping. We were all helping. I honestly think our passive played a lot into it. Because, alright, there was at one point, I don't remember the exact details. I think it was from a Cuckoo Clan tornado. But Willow almost died, right? But I shelled him, and my passive kicked in, and his like uh, passive healing up all kicked in at the same time where he dropped down to like 10 HP before he actually went back up. Like it was so close. It's like whoo, whoo, wipe the sweat off the brow. <laughs> I always love it when the hat just like works, you know, and like it's fun, and it's fun, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of the ones where it's not fun and it doesn't work. <laughs> right. 
but that I'm glad that this one was fun and it also worked. So. Well, so you know what the next, next one week? that's going to be fun and totally work. What we got? We got maximum CDR Cupid. Oh Jesus Christ! It's because we keep talking about fifty percent <laughs> cooldown. fifty <laughs> percent Cupid's like optimal Cupid. But hear me out here. Right. So this is what we got. Okay. We got you got your boots. You get a hook. Uh, Yotens. I almost said Houghtons. 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 You get yourself a Hydras. That's why you were going to Houghtons. Yeah. Yotens, Hydras. Yeah. Then you're going to want to fail not. Right? So you're at 50% already. You're going to need Breastplate. Get you up to that 70. Then you're going to need Spirit Robe and Mantle. That'll get you up to 90. Can't get up to actually 100. Obviously, after boots, too. Do we, do we have this written down somewhere? I put it in the show notes, but I forgot oh, to add in Fail in. Not. Okay. Yeah, it's right there. It's right okay. there, show right, notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. I can see. Here, need me to pin it, even though it's the, the first message right there? Yeah. Yeah, I got That'll you. Help. All right. There we right, go. There, we go. there, there we with go. the right. pins. Oh, okay. The there pins. it is. Right there. Right fucking there. Imagine that. Right there. Now I know. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine. Bitch. Using the show notes. It's... <laughs> Whoever thought of that. <laughs> All right, people. Build Cupid. Frag. Go have fun. Bonus so. points if you use Gutter Sniper. Ooh. Bonus points. Uh automatic disqualification if you use gutter sniper you know what you know what how about you'd go ahead and do this nev if you want to use gutter sniper wait a minute oh wait, wait a minute baited. <laughs> yep you know what Enjoy. i'll try i'll try it in drunk scrims later how about that oh he's not even here he doesn't f- know he doesn't I feel know like what's coming for him that like they they, they might Wow. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy your mid Cupid ninety percent CDR. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be okay. I'm helping. Blame it on the alcohol when all when all else fails. So, yeah. Assassin comes through mid. Heal him up every time. Boom. So, next we have our community corner. That's right. We're finally answering the community corner, people. We're getting to it. We're doing it. We told you we would, and now we are. Yeah. All right, so a couple weeks ago, we went ahead and asked you people, what would you rework in this game? So, do you possibly want to take a lead on this one? I am trying to find it, and it looks like the first one is Web Impulse, if I am not correct. You found it. (laughs) I'd work on different visual themes for Conquest, one for each Pantheon. That way we're not stuck in Greece all the time. I think um, that's not going to go based on mm-hmm. uh, what Ajax just said in our interview portion with him. Yeah, maps um, take up a lot of memory. It'll be a lot of space. They don't want the game yeah. to do, be too big. I love the idea, but in a way, I mean, this is just for Conquest, but the other game modes are based on different pantheons. I know it's not quite the same, but... right. Hey, I'm just and saying. And they're trying to get away from no. Pantheon things, remember? 
Right. They don't they won't they don't want to be restricted by pantheons. Ah, next one up. Ash Basham. Six nineteen. Okay, so I might have a lot to say. First off, when it comes to rework, I think seed should be changed. Shorten the map by five percent, not too much. Or else the siege minion will get to the towers faster. Also, make siege pick and ban with ten bands each. That's too First, many. That's way too many bands. <laughs> Personally, I don't like playing this, but these small changes will make the game fun again. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Next, maybe we get the tutorial updated to try and get mm. new, more new players accommodated to the game. Another thing would be ha- to have the skins or specific items come from the clan store example champion enigma or cutesy chest for purchase hmm. there's an idea now for gods we need a new model for was was since ruby is making a debut to smite with skins so let's change some more anime style skins since the licensing for the Actually, characters will be expensive. I'm not sure. Typo. Where it's going. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's reading as is. Also, let's move Al Kuang to assassin and make him the first magical assassin in the game permanently. So most of the changes and things I wouldn't mind changing in Smite. I have more, but it would be overkill if he continues. <laughs> Al Kuang already is a magical assassin. Yeah. He's in the mage tree because he does magical damage. If he was in the assassin yeah. tree, he would do physical damage. I mean, there are other small implications, like mages have different scalings, and mm-hmm. they do different amounts of damage off their basic attacks that um, to structures and to people, too. Um, I just, it really is just a name. He already What's is. He, he goes in the jungle. He does assassin <laughs> stuff. He he doesn't have ranged attacks like mages do. Uh, I mean, if they, the only thing they can really do is change him from magical magical to physical damage, but then he's not a magical assassin. Right. Correct. I do Coffin like. Monkey. Oh, oh, I was gonna. Uh, sorry, I was ahead. just gonna say Go I do it. like the the suggestion to get the tutorial updated. Um. Because I do have friends joining, you know, we've talked about her before, Lovey, um, is newer to Smite, and I think if there was a more updated tutorial or um, uh, core builds or whatever, um, it would make her life a little bit easier, Um, you know, just trying to figure out and understand the different mode types and what the different classes do and everything like that, so... Coffin monkey coming in with more cowbell. Understandable. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of the last cowbell I heard. Yeah. Green lantern. Lantern 25 green. Clagurin? I, I don't know. Clarigan? Clarigan. There we go. Maybe that's the one. For a I don't know. It's Clarigan. Clarigan? Clarigan. I, I don't fucking know. That, that's Lantern, what I'm saying. See, right? Like, I, I can't do it. We either. need to rework right. your name. What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> right, right. For a rework, limiting conquest rules to roll supported items. Maybe just me, but having a support that decides they're going full damage, then never rotate out of lane, 
because they have decided they are the ADC Kabrakin, for example, leaving Carrie (laughs) underleveled, trying to catch up desperately to be able to even engage in team fights as they push into our base, support being only having access to items of supporting nature, etc., Guess it could classify as a salty rant also. However, that would be... Fro, you can't be typing messages and (laughs) not distract me at the same time. I get a notification, I want to read it. Come on now. Lost my spot. They started it. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Where was I? Guess it could classify as a salty rant, I think. Okay. However, that would be something I would change. Oh, and that three votes yes beats two votes no. Since I've been getting games where people just really don't know what they're doing, then don't seem to understand the game, nor caring to reply when I ask them if I can help them understand few times in game now I have typed out the Addy for the pod just in case. Oh, so he's giving us free advertising. Dope. And to take the trees out of the tower corner on the joust map south side, I would imagine it would be considered a few times now during duels they have become a hindrance yet is only the one tower they are in. I guess I don't know what he's talking about on the Joust map. Yeah, uh, send me a screenshot of what you're talking about. Like what tree is in your way in the Joust map. I don't play enough of it to know particularly off the top of my head, I guess. He says the south corner, so that's Jade, right? Yeah, but I, I don't I, I don't, don't know. know what tree is in the way. Right. Um. So the three votes, yes, beats two votes, no. The problem with that is salty two mans or salty three mans, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, is it really fun when three out of the five people are like, get me out just because one person got stuck in support and they didn't want and two other people are feeding, even though your mid and your jungle might be doing great or your mid and your whatever might be doing great. Uh, I mean, I do get it, but. I just they, so, they don't want you f six and all the time, right? Like, that's the, not necessarily way, healthy for the game. The way Depp's been considering whether he surrenders or not is if three of the people have already said yes, over half the players on your team don't want to be there, and so if that you know if you're not if you're in a bad mood or you don't want to be in a game, you're not going to be performing as well as if you we're in a good mood or if you want to keep playing that game. So just, uh, yeah, but I know for a fact, we all have been in a game where like F six, get me the fuck out. Your team pulls it. The the vote fails. Your team pulls its head out of their ass and wins within the next, like before you can even surrender again. Yeah. Well, I've also been in a 40 minute game where two people refuse to surrender and we had yeah. surrenders going up on cooldown, and we still lost. So, I'll give you that. It's a it's definitely a, a case by case basis. Line. It's a thin line, yeah. 
Think of all the people in ranked, though, that are trying to, like, climb. How pissed they'd be by people just F6ing left and right. So maybe have it be three in casuals, four in uh, ranked. So now you have two separate systems. Now that's adding even more workload. More systems you have, more things can break. Like, because, yeah, in ranked, you could have your two-man party say they want us to do it. And you could have the the third rando be like, yeah, I guess, get me out. Right. And then you, you got the other two who are trying to climb. Look, you know, you can instantaneously surrender a duel. So, there you go. Oh, speaking of duel, Mr. <laughs> Nep coming in with our next question. I would change duel so it ends after a certain number of kills. Titans become your last defense, but are killable. They get a respawn timer like everything else and still can't be bull demoned. Not sure what he means by that. Instead, there is a built-in timer before the Titan becomes disabled. If you want to Titan sit, either you have to exit Titan line or enter combat X amount of time or Titan to not get disabled. Whichever seems better for dual meta. I think the dual meta is now that the Titan is a wet noodle that can die to literally anything, even if they're Titan sitting. So, yeah, because now the Titan doesn't regen at all, and it does less damage to the player, so the player can dive you more. Yep. And, and what he means by it can't get bold demon is if they implement it where the Titan can respawn. Like a phoenix, don't make it so he can be bull demon. So keep that oh, aspect the same. Gotcha. Um, I would not say that kill counts because you can come from. I've I've had duels where I've come from behind where they've got a significant amount of more kills than me, but because I outlasted them, I was able to get maybe a lucky kill and then push the towers and get the titan, but. I think that goes against the idea of how Smite works as a MOBA. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really play enough duel to be like this is how duel should go or anything like that, but that sounds like it would just kinda turn duel into like a one v one arena on the joust map. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it would be like. Maybe just have like a hundred tickets at that point. Right. But I do understand people's frustration with like tower sitting and tower camping and titan sitting and all that. But mm-hmm. in the end, if they're doing that, you're free to farm elsewhere. Oh, yeah. You're free to do other things. And especially in, in Duel where the titan doesn't respawn, like you can keep whittling. And if they're clearing the wave, that means their poke's down. You can go yep. attack the minion or tighten yourself. Yep. So it, it is frustrating. I definitely understand that, though. An Anubis laser beam almost kills Titan completely. Just saying. Full build. Direct. What if the Titans were executable? No. F6. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Nev, you want to take these next two? I accidentally muted myself. Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
sorry. I was uh, like, com- uh, Nev, like I, did, I didn't miss a message, did I? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was looking through Discord and I think I accidentally pushed my mute button by mistake. All right. Um, Coffin comes back in and says, after visiting Hawaii and hiking a lot of ancient trails and seeing monuments, I gotta say, let's rework the Hawaiian pantheon. More Hawaiian gods. So he just wants more Hawaiian gods. He doesn't want to rework. He just wants work, work. (laughs) He just wants work. (laughs) And then we have Ufel. I would rework Odin completely. His kit does not flow together in my opinion. He has an ultimate that is all about caging someone in, but all your damage is in your one and your two, which is a leap combo. And his three seems more like a dueling tool, but his one and two are not much about dueling. I feel Odin's kit should be either a dueler with more focus on auto attacks or on ability combos, or he should be full-on bird bomb and have a new three, an ult, to help him bomb better. Like what, though? <laughs> like what? What would that's... help him bird bomb more? Because a slow would help, right? Oh, that's that's on his three. That's on his three already. Yeah. So we I make mean, his leap as done? fast as Nike. Pretty sure it's similar. <laughs> I think Nike it is. It is very awkward. I will say the fact that, like, uh, well, I think a lot of times on on Odin, particularly, a lot of people are like, "Oh, he kind of lackluster in a lot of things," and he is in his own way. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but those are the people that bird bomb and then alt mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of alt. And then bird bomb. Bird bomb. Well, yeah. no, ult three then bird bomb. Well, yeah, yeah, because the three has a slow. Well, while weaving autos, owns the perfect yes. assassin. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Dude, damage Blink, Odin ult, is still scary. Three, Odin. weave autos. <laughs> you ever go against say Hydra's Odin? Hydra stone cutting Odin? It's, dude, Hydra's trans. Spooky. Well, the Straight reason I say Hydra stone cutting is because. They do their combo, right? You do your three, auto, bird bomb, auto. And then when they're trapped in the cage, you start fucking shredding them even more with that uh, stone cutting. And I think his third swing of his hit chain hits like a fucking truck, dude. Dude, it does. And I believe, if I'm not wrong, that Odin, what Odin, 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 his passive gives you more power. Am I right? Am I wrong? Odin passive. Anybody? Odin's like Odin is passive? empowered as he kills people. That sounds like an assassin passive. <laughs> uh, yeah, if he is around when someone dies, he gets bonus movement speed and power. And bonus power. Okay. And power, yeah. So I'm sorry, this. I was trying to remember his old passive because he's had Odin's a few. Odin's the most broken god in the game because for free... He gets 20% movement speed after you kill five people in his ult. And he gets an ad- additional 40% power. Right, Bulbas. but it's not that much per person, though. Like, it scales up and he gets scarier and scarier, don't get me wrong. But it's only like, what is it? It's... 4% movement speed and 8% power. Oh, it's only for 8 seconds. I thought there was something with his ult where... he That, that was his old passive where his you could kill... Oh, what is it? You 
killed people in his cage and it gave you power for yeah. every person you kill. But that's attached directly to the cage now, I believe. Oh, okay. So, that is five power per stack and a max of ten stacks. So, he gets 50 power for free and then an additional 40% of people are dying around you. AKA Assassin Odin Best Odin. I mean, yeah. Probably probably Bruiser Assassin. Get a little hybrid build in there. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that new uh, Wind's probably pretty good with Odin. Ooh. Ooh. That might be fun. Hmm. That that might be fun. Cause that's By the way, we're going to have to do pops? a new Shield Master now that they got shield Pride Master out. Odin? Yeah, that's going to have to be a hat for the future. Oh, I like keep it. Keep that and throw that in ideas and shit. Yeah, we'll, 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 I'll put it in there. All right. All right. Uh, well, so, bro? I think it's about that time that we mm-hmm. talked about some wildmonkeydesign.com. Wildmonkeydesign.com. Depp, this is your part. You're filling for all your design needs. (laughs) There we go. Well, all right. I have been your host, Fro Double G. You can find me on Twitter, PSN, Discord, Reddit, all them good places at Fro underscore double underscore G. You can find me on the Xbox at Depvea one seven or EST one seven seven one. There we go. Nailed it. Nevaeh. You can find me places at Nevaeh03. And you can find me, Depnation, at Depnation on most things. And if you can't find me under at Depnation, you can find me under underscore. That's why. It's Depnation underscore. You can find the podcast at Battleground of on Twitter. One last question for you guys. Where we can find this bitch and ass outro? NCS. Almost had it. Add in the last part. The slogan. Come on. For all your for all your musicals. No copyright music. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) We're failures. We love you. Bye.